as a result of our winter storm that is going on around Ida, uh, Northwest Iowa, uh, our churches have not have canceled services for tonight, Saturday night, and tomorrow, um, Sunday morning. And since we will not be having regularly scheduled services, I am going to record something of a devotional, a service, whatever you want to call it, um, right here on my iPad. And it's not going to be the best of quality, but hopefully it'll be something for you. Um, I'm going to have two recordings. There will be a recording that is a service plus the sermon. And then there's going to be a second recording that's just the sermon. So uh, the, serv- the liturgy is going to be based out of the Order of Matins from Lutheran's service book. And we're going to start with hymn number 331, The Advent of Our King. The advent of our King, all prayers must now employ, and we must hymns of welcome sing in strains of holy joy. The everlasting Son, incarnate deigns to be, Himself a servant's for puts on to set his servants free. O Zion's daughter, rise to meet your lowly king, nor let your faithless heart despise the peace he comes to bring. As judge on clouds of light, he soon will come again, and his true members all unite with him in hand to reign. Before the dawning day, let sin's dark deeds be gone, the sinful self be put away, the new self now put on. All glory to the Son, who comes to set us free, with Father, Spirit, ever one, through all eternity. We continue with the order of matins as it is printed in Luther's service book. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Praise to you, O Christ, King who comes to save us. Behold the Lamb 
comes to save us. Oh, come, let us worship him. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is our great God and a great King above all gods. The deep places of the earth are in his hand. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his had for the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Behold, the Lord comes to save us. Oh, come, let us worship him. The first reading of the day is taken from, uh, this is the first, the Old Testament reading for today, which is the first Sunday in Advent, is taken from Jeremiah, the 33rd chapter, which writes, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will dwell securely. And this is the name by which it will be called, the Lord is our righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle lesson is taken from 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, which writes, What thanksgiving can we return to God for you, for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God, as we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, we, as, for all as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. And the gospel lesson is taken from Luke chapter 21, which writes, 
Jesus said, There will be signs in sun and moon and stars, and on the earth distress of nations and perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. <coughs> Excuse me. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and when they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory, now when these things begin to pl- take place, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. And he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out in, the, in leaf, you see for yourselves and know that the summer is ne- already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon you all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The hymn of the day for today is Savior of the Nations Come which is Lutheran Service Book 332. Savior of the nations, come. Virgin Son, make here your home. Marvel now, O heaven and earth, that the Lord chose such a birth. Not by human flesh and blood, by the Spirit of our God, was the Word of God made flesh, woman's offspring pure and fresh. Here a maid was found with child, Yet remained a virgin mild, in her womb this truth was shown. God was there upon his throne. Then stepped forth our Lord of all, from his pure and kingly hall. God of God, yet fully man, his heroic course began. God the Father was his source, back to God he ran his course, into hell his road went down. Back then to his throne and crown. For you are the Father's Son, Who in flesh the victory won, By your mighty power make whole All our ills of flesh and soul.
from the manger newborn light shines in glory through the night darkness there no more resides in this light faith now abides glory to the father sing glory to the son our king glory to the spirit be now and through eternity the text for the sermon this day is taken from the gospel lesson which you heard a little bit ago focusing specifically on these words with jesus heaven and earth will pass away but my words will not pass away that is the text grace peace and mercy to you from god our father lord and savior jesus christ amen today we begin the season of advent the churches are decked out in purple and blue letting you know so we finally waved goodbye to those green colors for a while that have been decorating the church since May. And today, if we, well, you know, obviously we're not in the sanctuary, but today would have been the day that we would have lit for the first time for this year, we will have lit one of those Advent candles, one of those purple candles on the Advent wreath. The season of Advent is an ancient celebration. It goes all the way back to at least the 300s AD. The church has celebrated this season. And the purpose of the season can be summarized in the refrain, in the, the litany, if, you'd, if you will, that was exchanged between the, amongst the members. They would say these three phrases. Christ is come. Christ has come. Christ is come. And Christ will come again. Those three phrases summarize everything of what the Advent season is about. So, let's start with Christ has come. All the way back in Genesis chapter 3. The Lord gave a promise to Adam and Eve. He gave a promise that after they had fallen into sin, after they had rebelled against him, after they had even blamed him for their rebellion, God in his mercy, in his grace, gave a promise. He said that the offspring of Eve would crush that serpent's head. And he would crush his heel. And so, years would pass and pass, wondering who that offspring would be. Now, you know, the first child was Cain, the first child was Cain, but he murdered his brother Abel, which made it clear that neither Cain or Abel wore it. Then they thought, you know, then came Seth, and Seth wasn't it. Well, generations passed. The promise was reinstilled to Abraham at a different phase. 
in different words. This, the promise was restated to Moses. The promise was restated to David. The promise was stated all throughout the, New, the Old Testament. And after thousands of years, in a little town of Bethlehem, a 13 to 15 year old girl, Mary, was greeted by an angel, Gabriel, who told her that she would be pregnant with the child. And that child was the Savior long foretold. He was the Christ. He is the Messiah. And his name would be Jesus because he would save his people from their sins. And so she gave birth to that child and that child grew up and he preached and teached and he did incredible miracles. And he was crucified died, buried, rose from the dead on the third day, and ascended into heaven. That is how Christ has come. Advent is, yes, about us preparing our hearts and minds for Christmas. See, for the secular world right now, they are very much in the mode of getting ready for Christmas. In fact, this is the Christmas season for the secular world. Christmas movies are playing. Christmas music is playing. People are eating Christmas cookies and Christmas food. I mean, the Christmas mode is all, all out right now. But in the church, we're not there yet. We build and I know there's people that almost every year the pastor has this situation where he has to deal with people. They're like, well, why are we singing Christmas hymns? And the reason is, it's not Christmas yet. It's Advent. To, to sing Christmas hymns in the middle of Advent is like opening your presents, your Christmas presents a, week, a couple weeks early. You take away, you're robbing yourself of the joy of that celebration where you're building, you're holding on to it. And so the season of Advent, it is the anticipation to celebrate Christmas, to celebrate <coughs> the incredible, true story that God became human flesh for you and for me. And he did that so he only simply that he may die on the cross and win you and me a lost the condemned creature, not with silver or gold, but with his holy, innocent, precious death. So that's what it means when we say Christ has come. Then the church, we say that Christ is come. So Christ is come. So Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead. Back in 33 AD, he was crucified and risen. Well, how does the benefit of that come to you? How does God give us his grace? See, here's the thing is, yes, Christ did come, 
2,000 years, almost 2,000 years ago. But he still comes to us this very day. John 1 says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh. Every time you hear the Word of God proclaimed, preached to you, when you hear the Word spoken, when you read it in the Scriptures, Christ does come to you. You receive him in your ears, through your lips, as you hear his word, as you speak his word, as you read his word, you receive Christ. Christ comes to you in his word. Christ comes to you. In the waters of baptism. The pastor said one day, when you were an infant or maybe you're older, he said, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And listen here to what Paul says in Galatians chapter 3. If I could get to it here. Says for as many as you of you as many of you as were baptized into Christ have been clothed in Christ. So in other words, every person that is baptized into Christ is clothed with Christ. You are clothed in His righteousness. That is where you receive that robe of righteousness, which is imaged for you in the Book of Revelation. So Christ does come to you in the waters of baptism. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he said, Take, eat, this is, is my body. He said, take, drink, this is my blood. Now today, one of the downsides to us having this storm, the snowstorm, and right now we're kind of at a calm period. There's not much going on right now, but I know based upon the radar, um, we're going to get some more later. But, and, but the consequence of this is that, yes, I can record this, but we don't have the Lord's Supper today. We, were supposed, we would have had communion today, but we're not. But that is, and that is the hard part about canceling, especially on this weekend. Because in that supper, that is where Christ, another place that Christ still comes to us this day. Now, and the Lord's Supper in a very special way, because he comes to you, in the bread and the wine. In the bread, his body is in with and under the bread in a mysterious manner. His blood is in with and under the wine in a mysterious manner. And it gives, it gives, it's given to you for the forgiveness of sins. 
And the person, and now some people would think, well, why don't we just record this and just do services like this? And, you know, I could just grab a bottle of wine and grab some bread and just put it out and I can have communion right there by myself. Well, when people say that they're missing something, the word communion is made up of two words, common and union. Meaning it demands that you are with other people. If it's just by yourself, it is not communion. Because the gift for God in the Lord's Supper is not just that bread, not just his body and blood for the forgiveness of sins, but the, uh, he also gives you the gift of your brothers and sisters in Christ. And I have to emphasize in Christ because this is not just, and you, it doesn't just suffice, it is not adequate to just have it among communion amongst your family, your biological family. Rather, you are to celebrate with all of your family in Christ, those who you are not related to by flesh and blood, but by the blood of Jesus you are connected. Because there, in your, in your brother and sister in Christ, Christ comes to you. And there in the bread and wine, he comes to you and he nourishes you. He strengthens you in this weary world. And this is such a wonderful thing that he comes to us in his word, in baptism, in the Lord's Supper. As we live in a world that is tumultuous, where we're watching on the news and we're worried about what's going on down at the border. When we look at the news and we see that President you know, George H.W. Bush passed away. And we're reminded of our own mortality. As we see this, all these things are going on in our world. As we look at our, you know, as we approach the Christmas season. You know, the, the secular Christmas season brings so much stress. You know, it's, again, speaking of outside, right now it's, you know, kind of, it's kind of cooler. But it's snowy. It's been wet all day, slick out there in many places. It's, you know, haven't seen the sun all day. It's been dark, gray, gloomy. It's getting darker because we're getting later into the day. And it's just going to get colder. It's going to get snowier. The days are going to get shorter and shorter as we get closer to the first day of winter. And it's all a reminder of the reality is that this world is broken. But alongside the weather we have, you know, we're, because of the secular season, you know, there's so many things we're worried about. We're worried about what am I going to get for everybody for Christmas? What kind of gifts am I going to give them? Am I going, you know, when am I going to get the shopping done? Do I have enough money to pay for the shopping? You know, there's a, I haven't got to it yet. You'll hear it in a little bit. But the prayer of the, the day begins with the words, stir up. And it's going to be like that for the next, three, next two weeks. And there's, kind of, there's a joke that uh, by a Lutheran woman that she said that whenever she hears those stir up words, it's a reminder to her that it's time to start stirring up for, for cookies um, for Christmas. So, yeah, that's, but we are thinking about that. What are, we're actually speaking of that food. We're thinking about it. We've got to bake cookies. We've got to bake, 
bake pies or whatever. We got all these things that go along with getting ready for Christmas. And we're wondering, where are we going for Christmas? Will the weather cooperate so we can go and celebrate with our family? You know, will we have enough room in our apart in our house, in my case, an apartment? You know, I, we need to decorate the house. We need to get the tree up, all that. There are so many things. And then there's our daily jobs. You know, it's coming to the end of the year. we got to worry about um, all the things that come with the end of a calendar year. All of this fits into the overall stress of our world, of our lives. And so we have this beautiful reminder that Christ does come to us. He comes to us in his word by which he strengthens us. He comes to us in his supper by which he strengthens us. He comes to us in the waters of baptism by which he claims us as his child. And remember, baptism is not a one-time event. We don't say, I was baptized. We say, I am baptized. It is ongoing. The third phrase is, Christ will come again. And this is very much reflected in that text you heard a little bit ago. Because, see that Advent wreath that are in churches, it's a circle. See, okay, so go all, let's go all the way back to the month of May. I think it was like May 10th or something like that. I'd have to look it up. But back about May 10th-ish, we had Ascension Day. And in many church, if any church had an Ascension Day service, they would place, <coughs> they would have, they had the Christ candle there. And after the gospel lesson was read, they would go out and they would extinguish the Christ candle. And that Christ candle would not get lit again for quite a while. And it was actually the signal, it was a symbolic of our, it's on the short term, it marks the anticipation of the Christmas celebration. Because that candle, with the exception of when there's a, unless there's a baptism, remains un. Lit. And then you get to the season of Advent, beginning with today. There's a wreath right around it. It's like a clock. It's letting you know that we are getting closer and closer. And so we begin with a candle that's known as the, the candle of hope. And because that is the theme of today, especially, it's, it's a day of hope. So you get that, they light that hope candle. And then, and so the clock is beginning to tick to let you know we are getting closer and closer to that Christmas celebration. And then next week, you will, they'll light another purple candle. But the thing is, the color is purple. In the church, purple is a color of repentance. And I'm going to get a little bit more to this, but, and I'm going to come back to that. So it's purple, right? I'm going to come back to why that is. You get the second candle. They light that. That's the candle of peace. Second Sunday. The third Sunday, they do something weird. They light a candle that's pink. Well, technically it's rose. And again, I'm going to come back to that. They light this rose candle, which is called the, it's the joy candle. And then on that fourth Sunday, they light that candle 
the candle of love. And then Christmas Eve, when you have that beautiful, just that beautiful service, one of the most beautiful services of the year. So therapeutic just to sit through that every year. And after the gospel lesson is read, they go and they light that Christ candle for the first time, saying, basically saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. You know, we're saying that glory to God on high because Christ had come, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, and buried, and rose from the dead on the third day for your sins. But the thing is, so on the short term, that's what it is. It's celebrating Christmas. It is an anticipation of Christmas. But it's also a, a shadow of the greater anticipation. The current anticipation. See, when Jesus ascended into heaven, the anticipation began. Not for Christmas, but for Jesus to return. Because we know that this world is not eternal. It is not permanent. It will, heaven and earth will pass away. As Jesus said. And that is ultimately the biggest theme of Advent. Well, the focus is much harder upon the theme of anticipation of Christmas, and that's okay that we enjoy it. But it's not the greatest anticipation. The greater anticipation is for Christ to return again. See, the end of the church year, we're focusing on the fact that the world is going to end. The season of Advent begins very much with that same theme. All things are going to come to an end, and when it does, Christ will return once and for all to establish his eternal, everlasting kingdom. Because that is the ultimate theme. Christ will come again. That Advent wreath symbolizes, so it begins, it's purple. The reason it's purple reason or violet, the color of repentance, is because the whole season of Advent is focusing on our sinfulness. Focusing on the fact that we need a Savior. Focusing on the fact that the world is going to come to an end. And if we were to stand wholly upon our own merits, we would have no chance. And so we focus on upon our repentance and realize. And see, this is the whole season of Advent. Very much Advent is designed to get you to stop thinking about yourself and start focusing upon our God. That's why traditionally churches have taken up fasting practices, very similar to what you have in Lent. There are people that I know of that they will give up they will, they will only eat, they will give up supper 
all throughout the season of Lent. And during the time that they would be eating supper, they're in prayer, they're reading scripture. And the money that they save, they would give to those who are in need. So instead of focusing on their belly, they're focusing on God's word. And instead of benefiting themselves, they are seeking to benefit others who are in need. See, that's what Advent is designed, is to turn our, self, turn our minds from ourselves and upon onto the coming Christ. Because he will come. Because just as he kept his word to the people of the Old Testament, and he came, born of the Virgin Mary, just as he kept that promise, he keeps it as well for you and for me. And he came, and he does come to you still in the proclamation of the word. And he still comes to you in the waters of baptism. And he still comes to you in the Lord's Supper. But even more, heaven and earth may pass away, but his words will not pass away. For he shall return, and he shall take his baptized beloved children to be with him in his eternal kingdom. Where there is no death, where there is no suffering, where we don't have to neglect his supper because we don't have to miss out on his marriage feast because of inclement weather. Christ will come again. See, the lighting of that Christ candle on that, sun, on that Christmas Eve is a foreshadowing of that day. Back in 1914, there's a story of a war. This was it's a story during World War One of soldiers who in the midst of battle all of a sudden they laid down their arms. And there's stories of you know, they'd be sitting the the British soldiers would be in there in the trenches there. And then here from the other side, in German, they didn't know the they didn't know the language, but they knew the tune. It was Silent Night. And all of a sudden, they heard, would hear someone in their own, amongst their own group, saying, "All is calm, all is bright." And they all would break out in a chorus of silent night in the midst of that frozen battlefield. And they went out in the no man's land and they picked up the bodies of the fallen and they buried them. And they had, they celebrated a Christmas Eve service together. They exchanged gifts from what they had. They lived as if they were brothers. They played a game of soccer, which history has it that the Germans won the soccer game. All this they did when only hours before they were firing on each other. And, they, and apparently after this truce, what's known as the Christmas truce, they couldn't fight anymore. Because they saw each other as brothers not as enemies. What I believe would happen on that day, that Christmas Eve, and all those, amongst those troops, 
was a foreshadowing of what is to come in our own world, in our world. Christ, even though we may be at odds with one another, even though we may be stressed out by what's going on in the news, the Christ and heaven and earth may pass away. But God's, Christ's word will not pass away. And the time will come that all fighting, all poverty, all sadness, all grief, all sorrow will pass away. And his word will remain and we will be in his kingdom forever and ever. Until that most blessed day, to Christ be all glory. Amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keep you in the one true faith and the life everlasting. Amen. We continue with the Magnificat as it is printed on page 248 of Lutheran's service book. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from this day, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things to me, and holy is His name, and His mercy is on those who fear Him from generation to generation. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. He has shown strength with his arm, he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has set empty away. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. Glory, <coughs> excuse me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God 
my Savior, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. We continue with Order of Matins as it is on page 227. Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord hear my prayer, and let my cry come to you. Let us pray. Stir up your power, O Lord. And come that by your protection we may be rescued from the threatening perils of our sins. And saved by your mighty deliverance. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O Lord, our Almighty God and our, Almighty, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and Everlasting God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with your mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by your governance, may be righteous in your sight, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. We conclude this recording with Hymn 348 of the King Shall Call King the King Shall Come When Morning Dawns. The King shall come when morning dawns, and my triumphant breaks when beauty gives the eastern hills, and life to joy awakes. Not as of old a little child to bear and fight and die, but crown with glory like the sun that lights the morning sky. O oh, brighter than the rising morn when Christ victorious rose, and left the lonesome place of death, despite the rage of foes. O brighter than that glorious morn, 
Shall dawn upon our race The day when Christ in splendor comes And we shall see his face The King shall come when morning dawns And light and beauty brings Hail Christ the Lord, your people pray Come quickly, King of Kings. This has been a special recording for uh, the services for December 1st and 2nd of 2018. I pray that this is a blessing to you, and I pray that you keep safe and warm during this uh, winter storm that we are having. So... The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.